I'm just going to sit record on now and see if we can come up with anything tangible and concise for once. Sorry about that. Right. Episode 12 of the Twats podcast. Just the Um, Twats, because we're not. We're all here. (laughs) We are all here. Full house. Full house today, boys. Love it. Fantastic. How lovely. All three of us and Sam. Um, <laughs> the occasional special guest has, has yeah. reappeared once again. <laughs> our, 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 so, was it our favourite guest? Yeah. <laughs> are we are we talking about mental health week? Even though it's not mental health week. People don't know that. They don't know when we recorded this. Why the fuck would you say that? <sighs> yeah. Now you shot us in the. Foot it is. Week. It is mental health week. Every so, week is mental health week. Well, in true nature of this podcast, in true nature of this podcast, we are recording an episode on mental health the week after Mental Health Week. But that's that's how this thing works because none of us are ever on time. We don't do this shit properly. This is exactly how it's meant to be. Mental Health Week in reflection. We don't want to conform to the norms and join the bandwagon, so we'll wait for it to settle and then we'll then throw it out there. We're just we're waiting for all the bullshit advice, like you know, do a yoga class. You know, that sort of thing. Just, just uh, you know, oh, eat clean. <laughs> and then you'll feel loads better. So just waiting for all that horseshit to, yeah, to filter you know, out. You know, it's quite funny, Rich. Just before you jumped on, we was all just saying, we was like, I bet Rich is going to go absolutely off on one today. No, you um, said I would do it, and then I pointed the finger at Rich. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah. if we want to tackle mental health, remember, do some journaling. <laughs> grab a flat, grab an oat, flat white. An oat milk flat white, go out for a walk and just remember that there's more to life. So I think now this I think will be really interesting because I think it will just it'll kind of prove a point I'm also trying to make. Like for each of us, like if you had to sum up in about in under 60 seconds what you believe mental health is, what you would describe it as not what you think other is to other people but for yourself what it means like what would you say it is you didn't tell me there'd be a test you will be scored and the person with the lowest marks will be voted off the show <laughs> i'll exit right now then i'll just i'll just eject sam out of the air <laughs> So like oh, just, I, just, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I've never experienced any mental health problems. But the more that you speak to people with mental health problems, the more you realise that it's, in a lot of ways, completely the opposite to what the general public might think being depressed or anxious might be. Because I think for most people, when they, if they think, if someone says they're clinically depressed you just assume they're going to be really sad all the time uh, and miserable when actually a lot of people, when they uh, come out and say, Oh, you know, I've been diagnosed with having severe depression. You think, fuck me. I'd have never known. You're always like so happy. Uh, And it's, yeah, it's one of those, I don't feel like you can ever truly, truly understand it unless you've been through it. I I don't think you can define it because everyone's, Everyone deals with the highs and lows of mental health completely differently. Like there is no one size fits all to tackling it uh, or like addressing certain facts. It's all it's all completely because like the brain's this 
fucking ridiculously weird thing. Like everyone experiences it differently. So this is why yeah. I look like I'm rich. You can't give the same advice to everybody. It doesn't fucking yeah. work. And mental health isn't just depression either, which a lot of yeah. people think. Like when we had Paul on and he, like he suffered with severe OCD. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was a really good insight actually. Cause that's like, I, I had, I had no idea that that was another side of it. And yeah. like, I'm sure, I'm sure Rich has mentioned it before. Like there is like, the education with regards to like how individuals suffer from mental health or like, what different like, manifestations of it there are. It's like, this it's um, unparalleled person to person. Yeah. Exactly. That was kind of like the point I was trying to make really like it's so, so, so different. And what I find is quite interesting, just obviously speaking in terms of like the fitness industry is that people will say things like, oh, you can't have a one, one size fits all diet. You can't give everyone the same exercise and expect them to do it. You know, we'll individualize exercise and programming and nutrition, but yet so many people still have this very, sort of broad blanket kind of tie everyone with the same brush approach to mental health. And mm. I find that really odd when you're dealing with something which is essentially your brain, which arguably <laughs> far more complex than the rest of the body. I, I, I just find it interesting that people have that kind of that different approach to it. And uh, I've always found that quite interesting because I'm someone who has had a complete 180 in regards to mental health. Because before I had any issues with it, I guess, like Ben mentioned, I struggled to kind of like comprehend it. I, you know, I, you know, I had that kind of like, oh, just snap out of it mentality. I had that, um, oh, you know, I remember once I described suicide as the most selfish thing someone can do. Mm. And I just needed to have that sort of to know, think that I had those thoughts um, and I held those beliefs about mental health previously and then looking at how I, how I sort of view it now it's really weird um and it's hard to think that I kind of were, I was both sides of the spectrum really mm. I, I don't I don't think that's very I don't think that's that's not uncommon to be honest because it, I think I, I, I was exactly the same where I thought well you know it could be worse and that was like my solution to the, any kind of any sort of mental health issue and I can imagine a lot of other people have been in the same situation where they haven't been at that point in their lives where they've experienced it and realised what it is to actually physically go through it yourself. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the kind of like that. It's then it. Then I, I, one thing I hate is the kind of like the the kind of like guilt kind of shaming in the way that it's like, oh, there are kids in Africa who would. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, well, okay, well, I'm not getting in Africa. So, <laughs> wow, nothing to do with the current situation at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's like a client comes to you and says, right, I am, let's pick a number just out of the air. I'm 100 kilos. I want to get down to 90 kilos. And then go, well, there are some people who are 130 kilos who would love to be 100 kilos. And it's like, okay, <laughs> well, how, how, how's that help that person? Is it, is that, yeah. Is that really like, like, oh, wow, well, that's my outlook improved my, you know, my blood pressure and cholesterol have just suddenly just really, really dropped. So, yeah, thanks for that. Also, like, if you're, a, if you're a kid in Africa, if you're born into that environment and you know no different, then because you don't know how, let's say, we live, you, you've got no comparison. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, so... If you're a kid in Africa and you're just brought up and 
you're running around playing with your mates doing whatever a lot of them might actually be quite happy it would be only if you were then to expose a kid in Africa to what we've got they might go fucking hell we've got the short straw here um, but then equally a lot of the people over here might be like I wouldn't actually mind living in Africa because I don't have to be on my phone, I'll be out in the sun, I can run yeah. around doors. It's all relative, isn't it, really? Yeah, 100%. Like, there's a guy, there's a, just to give it some context, there was a chap in Germany who was, I can't remember, he was like a magnate of like some industry like steel or automobiles and all that. The guy was a billionaire and he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So, and also it's like, how many rock stars have committed suicide? It's the anniversary of Chris Cornell's suicide, like two days ago, I believe. Yeah. And then Chester Bennington about a month or so later. Yeah. There was a guy who I think his like net worth was like 70 million when he died. And he had a great family, like, you know, just like, you know, an absolute like A-lister. It's a weird. It's, I just think these comparisons are so, so, so unhelpful, and I find it then it it sends people into a real guilt shame spiral, and then you're less likely to talk about your issues because you feel guilty. You don't want to be a dick, so therefore you don't talk about it. And then, ironically, the the same people who say that then say, "Oh, talk to someone." I think it helps when like therapy is viewed as like this kind of taboo thing as well. Like people feel like it's like if you're going to therapy, there's something wrong with you, that type of thing. But it's like it's not true at all. I don't think that I think that could be a bit big issue as well. Oh, massively. Like I mean, I actually don't know. Like, has anyone else here been in therapy? Yeah. I've never been. Ben? No. Okay, so like from someone like so what like to so, so you two what, what would you say like from someone who's never been in therapy before like what's your like impression of it just curious before before i ever spoke to someone that had been to therapy i would have said like chaise lounge <laughs> yeah you know bloke in like a tweed waistcoat tell me about your mother yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly where did your uncle touch you? Show me on the doll. But like these days, I mean, I've been listening to um, a couple of uh, like uh, audio books of professional uh, sports people talking about their like lives and then mental health comes up quite a bit and they talk about speaking to sports psychologists and therapists and it's all... Uh, it's very much just kind of sit down, relax, and just have some kind of like open conversation and yeah. kind of like see where it goes. And they will ask questions at the right time and they might ask you to go a bit more specific into certain things or perhaps how you're feeling or ask you, like, why do you feel that way? And bits and pieces. And I'd say that's probably the extent of it. Yeah, I think it's my sort of perception of it is pretty much the same is kind of just talking with someone to, you know, kind of 
Um, <laughs> it sound frozen for everyone else? Yeah, he looks like a fucking ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, my, my Wi-Fi dropped there, and that was weird. Um, don't know. Hey, Stan, that looked like you were in the vinegar strokes then. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I wish Wait, I could take it. It was, it was a solid sort of like... <laughs> what was the last bit you heard? Nothing you said, coherent. You said, you basically, you said, oh, mine was pretty much the same, and then it just then it cut from there. Yeah, so like, my perception really is that uh, it's kind of like just a chance to just explore your mind a bit further and maybe like kind of um, kind of like open up on some deeper thoughts a little bit more than what you can think about in your own head. You know, the things that you kind of shove to the back of your mind, like just chance to explore them further, how that affects you, maybe how that affects you in certain areas that you didn't realize, that sort of thing. So even though, to be honest, I've contemplated going to therapy just for the idea of actually exploring it um, and just, you know, having someone just kind of pick apart everything in my head. Um, when I'm in Dubai next week, I'm meant to be going to see some guy that kind of does like mental, like performance type thing. Um, and again, like just kind of seeing him just to kind of help or for him to kind of like pick apart my brain in a sense, almost instead of figure out why I think the way I do, maybe what's holding me back, that sort of thing. So even though like Ben, I've never really suffered with mental health myself, you know, I'm not kind of oblivious to the fact that, you know, I probably could, uh, in some respects, benefit from some sort of therapy to maybe understand some of like the deep rooter issues like inside of me sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I've been in therapy three times and it's really interesting how kind of each time I've been in, it's a diff, very different kind of experience for me. And like I said, it's, it's the perception of like, you know, you have that sort of, like I said, Ben, like, you know, the guy with the bookshelf. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, look at this picture. What, what do you see? You know, that sort of thing. And it's like a squiggly and, line. Yeah. <laughs> the Rosarch test, you know, like the ink blot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just like, it's really, it's really weird. And um, some sessions are like, really strange and like you explore some stuff and it's really weird you can come out of it kind of like really have like having a light bulb moment and yet some of them you can really come out and like thinking no that's i don't agree with that or you really fight sometimes to hold on to beliefs that you have yeah and it's like it's it's um it's amazing how you can kind of when you sort of explore stuff yourself and you know it's not it's not just kind of like, again, it's not just word vomit and you just kind of like venting at someone. It's, it's actually quite, I know it's hard to describe without kind of like telling someone like, you know, what you spoke about in the therapy session, which is obviously very, very personal, but it's, um, it's something I think a lot of people would really benefit from. Mm. 100%. And it's like, I just think the better, the more you know yourself, the more you kind of like, the more you just like, you know, the more kind of like an authentic kind of version of you that you are. And it's an interesting thing that when I was depressed, I, one of the things that I really felt was that I felt I wasn't kind of me anymore. And it was, it was a really weird sensation to think that I'm not myself, I'm, but there's in the sense of like who I am isn't, or who I'm being isn't who I am. And I think that when you, I think one thing, her, one thing therapy really does, it helps realign that. And it helps you kind of bring you back to kind of like who you really are. 
and it helps you reorganize well okay well the way you respond to that is because of what this has happened and helping understand this and like something um like you know my therapist spoke about in a previous session was that we have these like things inside like you mentioned talking about what's called the ego and the super ego um and sort of like you know the the ego is actually quite beneficial, even though it's seen as like obviously an ego is negative, but it's that's the super ego. And like the super ego, like will take everything to heart, but also, you know, will be very kind of like I'm the shit. And will, you know, it's, just, it's, it's really interesting. I think the more you understand this stuff, and if it's something that you struggle with, understanding it more, um, it's like forewarned is forearmed in the same way that if you're someone who really struggles with, say, um, with calorie control, under you know, speaking to a coach and kind of understanding that and understanding, well, okay, well, these are my trigger foods. And so, you know, the reason why, um, if I sleep well, then I'm going to be less likely to want to have those foods, stuff like that. Um, then the better, you know, the better you understand it. And there's so much to it. And I think that we, there's a perception that therapy is only for people who are depressed. Mm. And I think for a lot of people that I would say an ounce of prevention is worth a ton of cure. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, it's that if you start seeing yourself kind of going down, like, you know, sliding, like speaking to someone early on could save you, like in hindsight, you know, if I could get in my... Uh, DeLorean and go back to the future like I would as well as like you know taking my uh, sports almanac and, <laughs> ca- and causing an absolute fucking nuisance of myself in Labrick and buying Bitcoin when it was like a penny um, I would I would absolutely tell myself to like go into therapy so much earlier and also stick with it and really really dedicate myself to the process as well Very interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a massive thing. Is like, so when, the first time I went to it, I was, I think I was nineteen or twenty, so a long time ago. What it feels like now, and like I didn't get out of it what I should have, which I think probably a lot of people did the first time they go to therapy because they have that kind of like that mixed expectation um, going into it and that kind of anxiety about what it means. But like, it's kind of like what you said, if I could go back and go, no, this will actually really, really help. And it will probably mitigate a lot of bad shit that's going to happen in the next couple of years because you're not dealing with it now. And I think that if you don't learn to deal with this thing when you're younger, and it could be whatever age, depending on what, what you're kind of going through. I think if you don't deal with that as and when it starts happening or progressing or you know people start noticing whatever that may be, I do think there is this kind of like negative feedback loop that you'll experience over mm. like, you know, some sort of questionable amount of time. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what's interesting for me, and I bet Ben will probably be able to kind of, um, you know, resonate with me on this one. Like, I've been thinking about it, you know, before we obviously decided to do this this podcast episode, like, I mean, I've obviously never suffered with any sort of mental health issues. And, you know, considering all the stress of, you know, the last year with the pandemic and, you know, obviously uncertainty with everything, you know, gyms opening, uh, like business, all that stuff. I could never really pinpoint why um, you know, I've not really suffered, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if I'm doing something that's kind of preventing me from getting that far or anything like that. But 
what's been interesting for me is like obviously you know coaching clients who do suffer with mental health and stuff and kind of like seeing what triggers them and kind of learning from them in a sense i think in some respects i've kind of picked up things from them because ultimately i you know i can't uh you know tell them how to improve their mental health having never suffered myself other than the fact that you know they'll often tell me that they'll go to therapy and stuff or i might be like you know maybe it might be what like be worthwhile you seeing a therapist and stuff so i pick up little bits from the way they cope and the way they kind of process things but i don't know like i've, I've always always really interested in how you know some people just don't seem to suffer like at all like me and ben whether we do something that's preventing it, i don't know but at the same time like it's obviously it's still a very prevalent thing i think you know most people we speak to are probably going to have an episode at some point or, or are suffering currently so it's a weird thing isn't it maybe you're more crazy than the rest of us you just i think i might be you know now that i explain it in more detail <laughs> i think maybe maybe i've just lost my head yeah, i think there's actually something really wrong with both ben and sam yeah <laughs> I could, well, yeah that's what future psychopaths in the making mate that's what it is <laughs> but no like i think <laughs> none of us will be surprised if we see a face in the news like yeah that, that that's him that's i knew it yeah and then that then we'll just think back to this podcast and be like oh it all makes sense now this this will be released on the news as like evidence yeah so when they show like the ticks of like previous like previous offenses <laughs> but i can see here the body language <laughs> i think it's something that people are kind of like predisposed to or will be more sort of likely to and i think that's it it, so in the same way uh, that like like some people might have and it also i've noticed one thing i've noticed it does seem to be slightly um genetic yeah like and that's one thing I've noticed. Uh, like I said, that's more anecdotal. I'm not trying to say that that's the case, but yeah. in my experience, it is quite. Um, but I would say that, that there's certain things. Some people might be, you know, more prone to heart health. Some people might be prone to certain cancers and stuff like that. Some people, I think, are just prone to mental health issues. Um, I'm picking it, and there's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant book called The Body Keeps Score. And if you want to kind of understand you know mental health a bit better i think it's a fantastic book for people to read and it's about a guy who works with ex-soldiers who have ptsd and it's it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating and it's again like i wouldn't say that there's a certain sort of traumatic experiences that people experience and um in the same way you mentioned, like with your kind of Naji Ben, when you mentioned, like, if you've grown up as a kid in a village in Africa, like, would you know any different? You have no frame of reference of what, you know, quality of life is or something like that. So you may well be happier, and there's a certain element of like ignorance is bliss. And <clears throat> I think in some instances, you can go through a traumatic experience and not really register it until afterwards. And that can sometimes be years down the line. And I think that's where a lot of people don't quite realise what triggers those certain things. And like, for example, I was reading about um, eating disorders and there is a huge correlation with childhood trauma and eating disorders. Yeah, it's funny. I've I've been listening to a a book, an audio book called Why We Eat. Uh, This guy delves into 
the psychology behind obese people quite a lot and they talk about the the nature versus nurture thing and how it's like there is have you heard the story of the two brothers uh there's kind of there's there's two brothers um, and they but they grow up in the same household with and they've got an alcoholic father oh i've heard Um, this yeah and then when they get older one of the brothers becomes a raging alcoholic and the other brother goes on to become a very successful business person. And when they both get interviewed and they say, oh, what, how come you became an alcoholic? He says, because my father was an alcoholic. And when they say to the other one, oh, how come you become so successful and a teetotal? He says, because my father was an alcoholic. So both brought up in the same household but one of them is very much nature versus nurture and how you kind of respond to things it's the same with obese people uh so you might see like young kids for example like 10 12 year olds that get fed by their parents who are very very overweight because their parents are very overweight and they might grow up to become obese themselves because it's how they've been raised Mm. and equally you might get that person that grew up in a family that had very obese parents and saw how it affected them. And that person might be an ultra marathon runner, doesn't eat any processed shit, is extremely healthy. Uh, and it is, that is all psychology and how you perceive and look at things and the way that your mind works and, what, and, and how you kind of choose to identify and live your life, I suppose. It's quite interesting you bring that up, actually. Like, I mean, from my perspective, um, just thinking about it now off the back of that, like, so like me, like I say, obviously I've never really suffered with anything myself, but like my sister, on the other hand, you know, she suffered like frequently with anxiety and depression. Um, whether that stems like genetically from family and stuff like that. I mean, I can't really recall my mum and dad ever having uh, like mental health episodes as such, but you know, my sister is you know, completely different to me in that respect where, you know, she suffered quite frequently and, you know, has done for a number of years, but then, you know, I'm on the flip side, I've been, you know, relatively untouched. So that whole thing about, uh, you know, kind of like within the family sort of thing, it, it's quite interesting that you bring that up really. True. This is deep. Proper deep, proper deep. But, it's um, pod so far. <laughs> like the, the puddle depth of the previous episodes. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is how you but grow so, your arms. And then we've got also, this. This, is, this is what I think. Like, you can, like, there have been tests on identical twins and the differences in identical twins. And so, this is where, like, I don't think you can tie something as complex as mental health down to any one factor. Mm. No. And it's, I think, you know, one thing I always say is like, never look for the logic in mental health. And I think all too often we do. And I think like, you know, trying to find, you know, the, the kind of, I think for a lot of people, and I've done this, we always try to almost find like the, the cause behind it. And it's like, oh, well, if I keep, keep digging deep enough, I'll find this, aha, and then I'll fix it and I'll get that. And then, right. And then once I, once I find that thing, then I'll solve it. And then I won't feel like shit anymore. Mm. And so you realize that there is no, big sort of you know sort of epiphany moment in therapy and there is no um there is no you know, there's nothing that's actually going to just you know fix everything and all, after that you know you know all the all, you know the sky will be blue and the sun will be shining every day yeah for a lot of people it can just be an accumulation of very small things can't it that, yeah. that 
again, I, I use this uh, with clients quite a bit when we speak about eating. Um, and it, I got it from a book where he said, if, if, you, if I was to give you a slice of cake and you eat that cake and you instantly gain five, six stone, just like that, would you eat that slice of cake again? And the majority of people would say no. But if I give you the slice of cake and you eat it and nothing happens, you'll go, oh, like, great, I'll do that again. And you repeat it over and over again, because right there in that instant, it doesn't affect you. But then 12 months down the line, you look at yourself and you put on five, six stone and you wonder how on earth it fucking happened. Yeah. And, you know, like you were just saying, Rich, with mental health, yeah, it might not be that one big catastrophe moment or something that happened that you can instantly like pinpoint it. It could be just a, a big accumulation of stuff that you haven't really realized until perhaps mm. you go talk to somebody and they break it down for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and also it's, it's strange how we, we sort of frame things and kind of like, it's amazing. Like, I you know like, I've spoken to some people where I've said to some people like, you know, who are going through like, you know, tough moment and stuff like that. And I always like to sort of like lend an ear. Um, it's been someone I'm, I'm saying, look, I does it look, I'm not trying to project here. I'm not trying to, you know, diagnose you of anything, but from everything that you've been saying to me over the past few months, like, I think you may be depressed. Have you considered talking to someone? or at least visiting a GP. And I've never, ever said that to someone and had them go, yeah, I, I think I might be. The response is always no, and I don't think I am. And then literally in the same conversation I had with one person, like it's about 15 minutes later in a conversation, they said, do you know what? The other night I was just driving home and there's a bridge. And I was just thinking to myself, I wonder what it'd be like if I just drove the car off the bridge. And I was like, say that again to yourself and then say that you're not depressed. Yeah, because that in itself is, is, a, is a suicidal thought, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so this is the thing of like, I think this is the problem. Like we do have this kind of like TV and movie perception of what, in the same way we all view therapy as the, the guy in the leather chair and the chaise lounge and we always view depression as the person who's kind of like in their bedroom, you know, smoking cigarettes in bed and like, you know, oh, life's pointless and moping around. And we view anxiety as the person who's like super on edge and, you know, not we don't look at the nuance of it. And I think when it comes to suicidal thoughts, um, we view it as the person in the bathtub slashing their wrists or someone tying a noose and mm. or taking an overdose or something like that, or, we don't really look at the other, the thoughts that lead to that. And I remember saying to someone once that I was just like, I oh, do you know what? I just almost like, I thought like I want to hibernate. Yeah. And I was like, almost just wish I could just like sleep for like four or five months and just like come back to just come back to things. And mm -hmm. then picking it apart. It's like, Rachel, that, that in itself, it's not directly suicide, but it's on that path. Yeah, and it's like because you you basically are, you know you're saying that you just you can't 
deal or cope or you, you're basically you don't want to deal with life and you want to do put yourself you want to be in a situation where you're not involved in life anymore and it's like and that that would basically though that thought allowed to allow to spread would eventually so it's it's not the end result but it's on that path mm. and that was a real eye-opener for me because i've always thought to myself i don't want to kill myself and even when i had suicidal thoughts they were never around killing myself they were around like oh do you know what i really wish just like a car would hit me like when i'm crossing the road mm. or something like that or it's out of your hands basically yeah, yeah almost. you know yeah someone someone tries to mug me i get stabbed and that's it you know and because that way like no one's to blame and you know because i was always like i don't want you know friends and family to doing the whole like oh what if thing and you know if only i'd done something if only i'd asked and stuff like that and that made me feel really guilty so i was like well if i'm the victim of some horrible accident no one's to blame and it's just circumstance it's just one of those things everyone will go over it and it's like, again, that, that's so, I think we always view, I think we're too sort of simplistic with how we, we view a lot of these things. And again, with suicide, we, we view it as the actual act of how we see it in TVs and films and how it's dramatised. And, um, you know, it was like recently, obviously, when um, sexual assault was in the, um, obviously, in the media a lot. Yeah. And it's like, again, for a lot of people, sexual assault is a creepy old man you know, with a trench coat going, you know, flashing people. And it's like, no, it's not. It could be literally anyone at any time, you know, and it's not, that's not, it's, that's not how it happens. It's absolutely not how it happens. You know, that down some creepy old dude down an alley. I've had to throw away all my trench coats. <laughs> I think you look great in a trench coat, man. <laughs> Do you guys think that like social media has like this like almost congruent congruent effect on like mental health? Because like it's only become this such a big thing in the past like couple of decades as like social media and the internet has grown. Do you think that's had like quite a bad uh, sort of correlating impact on it? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I think it's been good in some respects. Like social media has allowed people to understand the fact that a lot of people actually do suffer with mental health. No longer do people suddenly feel like they're just on the road here. They realize there's a lot of people out there who think and feel and are experiencing the exact same things as themselves. But on the flip side of it, it's created this problem whereby you now also have people who have the slightest of, um, you know, mental ill health, not exactly, you know, what we're talking about here with anxiety, depression, stuff like that. People who are just having a bad day or maybe a little bit sad about something and then amplifying that into a bigger problem to fit under that term. So not only is it kind of exposed, exposed the uh, you know mental health to people who you know are actually suffering and realizing that they're not alone, is then also now kind of paved the way for people to almost in a sense gain sympathy from just having a bad day. Yeah, it can become a bit of like a buzzword thing, can't it, for a lot of yep. people? Yeah, it is very much a buzzword. I think people have uh, spoken about this before, where people feel like if they've not got problems themselves, then they're not like worth anything but like you know you've, you've always got to have something like wrong with you in order to get people's attention almost um maybe it's like a relatability thing so like, oh if i tell everyone i've got depression then i'll at least relate with somebody and i might get some attention uh 
I, you know, that kind of, that's the side of social media that I really hate. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like during the whole Black Lives, Mo- uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, like... And yeah. the killing of George Floyd. And then literally every influencer on Instagram was so fucking quick to post a photo of their one black friend <laughs> because they wanted to co-op and mm. co-op and basically jump on a bandwagon that they, it wasn't about them. And again, it's, it's happened before. Like it's where the, um, like the hashtag strong, not skinny was supposed to be a thing that was meant to in, basically say to women, like, you know, you can go to the gym for reasons other than trying to look emaciated. You can go to the gym for multiple different reasons. You can go just because you want to go. You can go because you want to get strong. Absolutely, you can go into the free weights area. You know, do whatever the fuck you like. Mm-hmm. The problem is, was that skinny Instagram influencers jumped on that hashtag and made it about them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so they had to change the hashtag into strong is not a size. Yeah, it, it, because it, it was like holding their six packs, you know, their six kilo dumbbell, going lifting heavy, guys, you know, and it's just like fuck off. <laughs> this isn't about you. Like, why like, you have to have such a fucking arrogance to think that everything is about you, mm. and to think that you need to you need to talk about everything, and it's just like. Jesus Christ, it's like me going, yeah, guys, so I'm going to start talking about, you know, next episode of the pod is going to be about the conflict in uh, Israel (laughs) and Gaza. Yeah, like, you know, I think we're going to talk about that because (laughs) me as a non-Jewish person, not a Palestinian (laughs) or anything, or not even like Middle Eastern, yeah, I think this is about me and I need to give people my opinion on it. It's like, no, the fuck you don't. It's like that again, you've got influencers fucking posting this on their stories, and it's just like, why? There's a massive <laughs> difference between awareness and like just doing it for your sake. I think that's, that's just a, a bit, massive like, line between that. I'm raising awareness of something that is on the front page of almost every fucking newspaper that is on every fucking news app, unless you are living in a fucking cupboard, you're aware of what's going on. And you're not raising awareness. You are you are co-opting, and you are just trying to get some fucking clout. Yeah. So you actually look like a good person for when you're selling your shitty fucking ebook that you didn't even write. It's like when Caroline Flack committed suicide, and the whole hashtag yes. thing came out. Yeah. And then, literally two weeks after that, was like old news. Everyone was back on Twitter, like rinsing into people. And like media were like fucking all over it. Um, again, like talking about like some of the audio books that I'm talking that I'm listening to at the moment with some like professional sports people. It's like if you lose a game, the media will literally slate you, tell you your shit that you shouldn't, you, you know, you're not worth the yeah. money playing for your country. And then you win a string of games and you're all of a sudden a hero. Um, and it, it, it's exactly it's like, oh, Carol, yeah, it was super sad. She committed suicide because people were on her. Everyone's like, right, you've got to be kind now. Like, this is serious. It's been serious for a long, long time. Like, you know, because she's in the limelight, now everyone's jumped on it. So everyone was be kind for two weeks. And then it wasn't, and then another story took over and then everyone's like slating each other and you've got cyber bullying and all the other shit. 
That's what I, I, I have this big issue with social media because it's something that literally rewards you for playing the game of social media. It's something that yep. thrives on traffic being driven to a certain thing. This is why like bandwagon stuff is so fucking popular. And this like this dopamine response you get from like using your phone, posting on social media. And I think like Sam said, it can be like really, really, really helpful for some people because there are like there are people who like do use their accounts in a positive way. But I also think it can like create this really negative feedback loop for those who do suffer with mental health and they maybe don't know what to do with it. And it can just be this like it, this void that you get lost into. Like mm. I bumped into and also like you can't on social media you can't tell with what with someone uh, with yeah. what someone's dealing with. And like I can guarantee you, like because we talk about all these influencers saying, oh, I have mental health issues. The people who do have that, they're not fucking posting about it. They're not going to be like telling everyone about it. Literally, like, if you if you aren't going to talk about it, like also like. I'm someone who, who talks about it quite openly and quite candidly. But even when you do, like, even though I find it still makes me uncomfortable as fuck to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, I haven't recorded the second version of my own mental health podcast because, like, I find it so difficult to get into the headspace where I'm comfortable to talk about it. And, like, I'll, like, trail off and I'll be very aware of what I'm saying and it's very difficult to talk about. And, like, I've tried recording it two, three times now and it's just not been there and it's fucking difficult. And, like, you can look when I'm talking about it. Like, you can see, like, it's not it's not an easy thing to discuss. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... And I hate this kind of... Like, hey, guys, so... Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to talk about, like, mental health because it's super important... And it's just, oh, fuck off. Like, no one talks about mental health like that. No one does. It's oh, really yeah. fucking... It's like, it's actually not if you actually suffer from it. And then yeah. another thing that, like, we see on social media, I think is really fucking toxic, is this positive vibes only and positive vibes and... Yeah. Negativity. No negativity. Positive, positive vibes only. Yeah, I mean, Steffi Cohen said that the other day, didn't she, on her Instagram, like... Oh, mate. Oh, thing. yeah. I wanted to comment on that, but the problem is I'd get all her fucking fangirls and I'd get all the blokes <laughs> who fancy her rinsing me because they want to get some clout from her. Yeah. yeah. And so if everyone doesn't understand that, to give you some context, she did a Q&A in the, under, in the comment section of one of her posts. Someone put on there, um, what should you do if um, you're in a funk and um, actually I'm going to find, find the, I'm going to find the post I've got. So I'm actually like, um, so I'm actually reading from something that's, I'm trying to the, find it. That's well. thing. <laughs> and so it's not, not talking shit. Here we go. What do you do if being stuck in a funk? So first off, she says, don't fight it. Appreciate the funk for what it is. And then the person replied saying, but what if your funk lasts for months? Then she replied saying, then you force yourself out of that shit. It's a choice. <laughs> wow, what a brilliant combination of ignorance and stupidity. And I was just like, it's a choice. Like, what the fuck are you on about? And it's just, it's, 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 no one chooses to feel that way. 
And it's, 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 again, it's like someone, someone, you know, someone gets Alzheimer's and goes going, why can't you just remember stuff? Like, it's a choice, mate. Let's just remember it. Like, <laughs> if it was a choice, no one would fucking have it. Yeah, it's just, it's just, oh, it's, it's like this idea that it's like, you know, it may help her in a very sort of like narrow kind of thing, you know, to have such a blinkered approach, um, which I've noticed a lot of, you know, elite sports people do have. They are very blinkered and that's the nature of the game. I understand that. But then you, you can't apply that to fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of saying that, you know, the way you feel is a choice. I, it's, it's, it's really not. Yes, there are certain things that you can do. For example, if you're saying that you suffer from anxiety, but yet you're on the old Bolivian marching powder every weekend, yeah, you're, con- you're, you're fucking yourself up, right? You're shooting yourself in the foot, okay? If you are depressed and you are boozing heavily, you're going to make everything a 10 times fucking worse for yourself. But I understand there are reasons why people drink and take drugs when they are, in periods of depression. If you understand that and approach it from an empathetic and sympathetic point, then you're going to give that person much, it's so much easier to get through to that person rather than making them feel shit about themselves. And you're just like, you're taking someone who already feels shit and you're making them feel shit about themselves. Like, how's that going to help anyone? If there's there's anything that's not going to help any situations with mental health, it's a complete lack of understanding and empathy to what they're going through. But it's it's it's, it's, um, it's the thing. It's the, like, everyone wants to have a fucking answer, and I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod a little while ago that I was um, I was in a gym, and a client was basically uh, one of the members there was saying that they had a was it like a shoulder problem that they've been experiencing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And then every PT is going, oh, it might be this, it might be this, it might be that, it might be that, and everyone's reading off fucking problems. And I was training a client who's a doctor. And I, I just said to my, I to my client, I was like, what do you think? And they both just went, I don't know. And it's like every PT there wanted to try and diagnose the problem and say what it was. The one person who's actually qualified to do so was like, I don't know. I need to look at it. I need assessments. I need to, you know, send off for like, you know, do, we, do the actual doctor shit. Yeah. <laughs> that really was eye You've got a situation where you've got, again, people on Instagram think they are qualified or they have during the right just to give advice and shit they do not know about and it's never nuanced it's never okay well here's what i would do if i were in that situation it's just given out as what you should do and i said the whole positive vibes only thing and it's just like look you've just spent the last fucking nine weeks in bali like don't give me that shit and it's just it's yeah, it's just it just uh, it's, it's this whole positive vibes only and just uh, that, that's really like because it makes people feel guilty for feeling shit. Mm, yeah, and the thing is, is that at no point when I had really negative thoughts about myself did I go, yeah, I really wanted to think that way. If anything, I would sit there and be like, why the fuck am I thinking this? I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to have those thoughts. Okay. But they're there. And that's the fight you have for yourself. And this is the thing. And you do go down a bit of like, you know, it snowballs and then you start to circle the drain. And then it's, you start to really doubt yourself. And then you start to really, and then 
you, you like making someone feel worse about it is one of the things I really struggled to come to terms with that this is in my head. This isn't a problem that I've got. And when I was first diagnosed with um, depression, I wanted it to be, oh, you, you have this problem which is causing an issue. You have a, a hormone imbalance. You have this or that, or there is something that is wrong, that's physically wrong with you, that can, that can fix it. So that was what I was really hoping. But, you know, that's not the case. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, again, looking for these, it's never simple. Nice. Um, said, oversimplified responses just really, really fucking damaging. And in my opinion, most of do a lot more harm than good. I think... Yeah, go on, Sam. Yeah. yeah um, like, going off that as well, Rich, I think it's also important to state as well that you are allowed to have like, and this is going like completely off a bit, like you are allowed to have like, you know, bad days, feel a little bit sad and stuff like that. But just because you are feeling a little bit sad and, you know, maybe having a bit of a bad day and stuff, it doesn't mean that you've got mental health issues. I think, again, going off that point of, you know, these influencers making out that they've, you know, got mental health issues and stuff like that, it's making people then assume that if you're feeling a little bit sad for whatever reason it may be, it's making them believe that they then have like anxiety, depression, whatever like that. And then that's just making the entire problem of, you know, opening up about mental health even worse. Yeah, undoubtedly. And it's really dangerous that you're talking about a medical condition that you have absolutely no responsibility or right to diagnose. Mm. So why the fuck are you telling people that's what they've got? Like yeah. you wouldn't imagine saying to someone like, "Oh yeah, I've got this kind of like stomach pain." You go, "Yeah, that's a, that's appendicitis." <laughs> yeah. No, you you can't do that, and this is simply that <laughs> depression, anxiety. These are all medical conditions. Okay, mm-hmm. no one except a doctor or a th- you know a, a psychiatrist, a therapist can diagnose that. But yet we've got people just kind of diagnosing themselves. And diagnosing others with mental health issues and that is hugely damaging yeah and i think that causes people and essentially that's what fucking gaslighting is it's making people believe they have a problem they don't actually have yeah, and 100%. social media loves to fucking talk about gaslighting but you don't realize that you, you can't just tell people they have a problem and they really fucking don't yeah i think it's important as well off the back of that point that you know you can have like a few bad days or feel a little bit shit about whatever it may be but it doesn't mean that you've got these issues and stuff like i get like coming from my perspective you know i've had my fair share of bad days over the past year like during the pandemic and stuff like that um and to be fair even more recently the moment my imposter syndrome is off the fucking scale but like it's not to the point where i'm sat here thinking to myself like shit I might have depression or I might have anxiety. Like, cause I know I can't diagnose that myself. I can't let some influence on Instagram tell me that I've got this unless I see, uh, you know, an actual medical professional who can diagnose this. And I think that's just important to say like you, for anyone listening who, you know, may not necessarily be suffering with mental health issues right now. Like, you know, no one's expecting, it's not like this thing whereby if you feel like shit, you are depressed. And if you feel good, that you are completely problem free it's a case of you know you are allowed to have like the occasional bad day feel a bit sad about some things you know maybe feel a little bit unmotivated whatever it may be 
but it's a completely different ball game to someone who actually is suffering with these mental health issues, who actually need a proper diagnosis to determine, you know, whether they are actually suffering with these problems. And I, this, again, this is where you've got to find the, the balance between, like, for example, um, one of the one of the things they ask on the questionnaire when it's like, have you recently experienced um, like a bereavement? That's one of the things they ask you because if you've just lost a family member, of course you're going to feel fucking awful. You're going to feel terrible. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're depressed. Okay, and one of the things, one of the definitions of depression is a sustained low mood. Yeah. I think that the real, the real key term there is sustained. Mm. And also, at many times, when you feel very low for no apparent reason, if you've just been, you know, you've just lost your job and you've got money problems, yeah, you know, of course you're going to feel down. That's something which can definitely exacerbate depression or can lead to it. But the, having one doesn't necessarily mean that you have the other. And I think that, again, it's just like, oh, you have uh, people diagnosed with anxiety. And I was like, well, are you anxious or are you nervous? You know, have you been diagnosed with anxiety? And this is, this is the thing that I find very strange, that people are so quick to jump to a really severe kind of diagnosis before they even kind of like, you know, like before they've even actually spoken to someone and actually had some, you know, look at it. And it's it, like I said, it's like hurting your arm and going, yeah, that's broken. Yeah. Yeah, that's a compound <laughs> fracture. That's a compound fracture, that. And it's like, how do you fucking know? How do you, you see know? the bone? No, not a compound <laughs> fracture. <laughs> yeah, but I think it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like, no, yeah. you, you can't tell that. And this is where, like I said, I've got all the time in the world for people who have these issues and problems. I, you know, it's, 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 it's like, it's no one's fault if they feel that way. But it's, again, like, I, you, can't, you can't tell yourself that you have it. And this is the problem I find is that a lot of people who don't actually have these problems are very quick to say they have them. And ironically, the people who have them are the ones who fight them the most. Yeah. And I've been there. And the last thing when you feel shit about yourself is you want to admit that you're depressed because yeah. it's just like, that's just the kind of like, there's almost like admitting it. Mm. And at a time I was just like, no, it's easier for me if I just fight it and I just pretend that everything's fine. Which is no point, no. No, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's an incredibly complex topic, incredibly complex, and like even in the last hour that we've spoken about this, we have barely scratched the surface of it, yeah. like tip of the iceberg stuff. And like I said, it, it's so nuanced, it's so individual to how people experience it to how they express it to how it affects them and yeah like it's it's incredibly tough incredibly tough and yeah it's it's oh man we could die so we could talk about this for absolute hours on end yeah <laughs> it's um you know for me as well obviously not suffering myself but having clients who do suffer who see therapists who are on medication for it you know it's always weird for me because whenever I see them going through, you know, pretty rough times and stuff, you know, I, in some respects, feel helpless. I know I can't say anything that's going to make them feel better. I know I'm not qualified to do so. Um, 
you know, all I can do is just, you know, do the things that we know as like genuinely know, like a general knowledge stuff that's going to, you know, help with people's health is just, you know, try and exercise a little bit, try and sleep a little bit better, you know, clean up your nutrition, that sort of, those are literally the only things that I can say to clients. And then a lot of the time I just say to them, I'm like, you know, you might just need to take a step back and, you know, have a little, like almost in a sense, like do a lot of like self-reflection and figure out, you know, what you might need to do to help you through this episode sort of thing, whether it is going for therapy, whether it is taking a few days off from the gym or taking a few days off from work, have a little bit of chill time, whatever it may be. And um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot for me to learn having not suffered myself you know from my view it's really hard for me to provide any kind of help or solution whatsoever and this is again why i do not talk about this stuff myself because i would feel like an absolute knobhead trying to talk about this stuff having never suffered myself but all i can do is just pick up stuff from my own clients and then you know do whatever i can from my end to just maybe point them in the right direction well, that, I think that's all you need to do. And that's all anyone needs. It's, and this is where, like, sometimes when, I, I, when I'm talking to people, one of the things that I'll ask them, I'm like, what, what are you after here? Do you want eventing or do you want advice? <laughs> and this is the thing. Sometimes you just want to fucking vent. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want someone, you just go, oh, I've had a really shit day. Like this person at work, is just really fucking, and someone just goes, well, what you, need, what you should do is you should talk to that person or raise it with your line manager. It's like, I don't fucking ask. And it's like, <laughs> sometimes you want advice. Like, and I'll usually say, I'll usually start it with, mate, need your advice on something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's just, it's this thing. And sometimes I said, just doing, and understanding that, you're not the person to help them. You're not the person to fix them. And yeah, it's sometimes, the sometimes people just, they just need someone there to kind of like be that person to hear them. And it's not like themselves internalizing their own thoughts over and over and over and over and like yeah. progressively getting worse. I think that's a massive thing that people don't mm. kind of realize actually really fucking helps. Is this the water break? Hold on, hold on. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the support that's important. Um, and it's, it's amazing how sometimes, like, people, a lot of people around you can be very, um, like, one thing I've noticed in that some instances, a lot of parents can be very, um, like, no, my kid isn't depressed. No, no. Yeah. Because it's almost like admitting in some form of, some form of failure as a parent. Yeah. Um, I, this is one thing I'm talking about in my next podcast, like, denial and like partners because it can be it can be really tough on partners like it's like well am i a shit boyfriend girlfriend if my partner's depressed yeah and again that can be really tough having that just having that support in that hey mate like you know it's really tough if you want someone to talk to i'm here and then actually fucking talk to them and listen to them do you want to go do you want to go to the doctors i'll come with you do you want to look at, do you, know, you know, should we go online, look at therapy, something like that? Um, offer, you know, having that support, I think, is huge. And it makes it kind of feel that you, you're doing, like, if someone's going to actually kind of like, you know, just be a fucking voice or just 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 be someone you can, you can listen to or just talk to or just feel like you're not alone. It's a really fucking lonely place to be. And I also think like, feel like you're the only person in the world feeling that way. 
was say, like, on the other side of the spectrum, like it's it's equally as bad when you don't have that support. Yeah. And it's like I know you know I think you and I spoke about this stuff a while back when like we said don't like underestimate the value of like a good partner or a good mate. Because like, I've had I've had friends who like had horrendous issues with depression in, in university, especially in university. And obviously there was something internalized there, regardless of that. But nine times out of ten, or when these issues got exacerbated, it's because their mates and their parents were cunts. And I was like, that makes it so much worse yeah. when you yeah. have such a shitty support group. And obviously, uh, it's, they aren't the, the root cause or the, the, amalgamation of the root cause, amalgamation of the root causes. But like, if you don't have that, and if they are truly fuckheads, because we've all probably had like one friend or one partner or someone like that, that, you know, you look back on and you go, oh God, that was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. And that makes it so much worse. And sometimes you don't realise that because that's the con- uh, contextual of the relationship. So like, as Rich said, like, it, like having that support is, is infinitely better, but having that poor support, even that detrimental kind of relationship can also be just, um, just as worse on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, people can give you some really fucking terrible advice. And again, it's because they're giving advice they're not qualified to give. 100%. Yeah. And like I said, people can, some people can be really cunty about it. And it's a very difficult thing to um, understand if you haven't been through it. And people then can have this. Um, the amazing thing, I think a lot of people, like, especially the older generation, if they've been in a lot of denial in their life. Yeah. Then. Excuse me. Um, then they, they, you know, because they, they almost like, well, I'm, they're in denial. So therefore, they don't want to admit anyone else has a problem either. Yeah. And again, it's, it's the, it's the kind of like, I think some people get a little bit on their high horse. Like they haven't experienced depression or mental health issues. They're kind of like, well, I have shit days, but I get my stuff together. And I sort my shit out and blah, 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 blah. As if that's the same for everyone. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's so weird, like, because obviously I'm, again, one of those kind of people who obviously hasn't, hasn't ever really suffered and stuff like that. But I couldn't imagine for the life of me telling someone who does suffer genuinely and just going, oh, just like, you know, pick your chin. Yeah, crack on. Like, crack on. Shit up, lad. Yeah. Also, that more, person probably like, is cracking on to whatever extent they can as well. Yeah. Like, literally, is that's it? Not is, fucking, that's <laughs> what they are doing. <laughs> Like it's as if they're trying, like they're, they're not trying to get over it or whatever. It's just, all right. yeah. it's it's so annoying. Like honestly, I often feel like, I mean, I know Ben's the exact same as me. Like I feel like not obviously suffering with anything myself. Again, I I don't like talking about it because I don't want to come across as like I'm gloating about the fact that I'm somewhat you know mentally okay at the minute. Like I don't like talking about that. And then at the same time, I could also never imagine turning around to someone who you know may actually be suffering with problems and just tell them like look just fucking just crack on pick your chin up and just get going again like <laughs> how's that going to help anyone like no it's just so stupid but the problem is again we have a side of the social media world that will just simply tell you to do that they'll just simply tell you that yeah just crack on like you know it's your choice to be depressed or whatever like that no it's fucking is not just shut up you fucking idiot like ah, oh, it just it just frustrates me it really does but yeah, it's like, it's, 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 yeah. It's, anyone sometimes, anytime someone says that, I just want to like ask them, how tall are you? 
And they'll say, I don't know, fucking, let's say, I don't know, they say they're 5'10". Just go, you could have been six foot. It's a choice. <laughs> you could have been, mate. Like, why didn't you? Yeah. And then watch them try, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's a, it's a fucked up thing. But hey, I say. People are dumb. People are dumb. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> I say it's an incredibly complex thing, and it's not the sort of thing you can condense down into an Instagram post or a tweet or anything like that. No. And yeah, like I said, some very unhelpful advice out there. And um, well, it's like I said, it's nice actually to be on a podcast with open-minded people who kind of like understand. That's interesting. Is we've got sort of, like I said, we've got a nice mix in sort of the pod today of like you know. People Stuff with mental health issues people haven't, and but it's nice to all come together and actually have like a really balanced conversation around a topic. Yeah, personally, for me, the biggest stress I've ever had is trying to get Sam on this podcast consistently. Yeah, and that's well, that has been that's that really been fucking nailed it this <laughs> week. The, the biggest this stress, I'm so right <laughs> hey, let's be honest though, the biggest stress right now is actually getting day and time together where all of you are free. I'm we, we have we have all thing. become quite busy. It is a bit of a clusterfuck. If you're listening to this, just understand we're all very busy. And yes. I mean, yeah, this, is, this has been recorded towards the end of May 2021. It could be 2023 by the time you hear this. Probably. We are very busy, so. <laughs> I'm very busy. <laughs> yeah, and then later on, we'll all be like, you know, in, the, in our group chat, like, you know, forwarding on some like dick. It's like, oh, look at this twat. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly wish for anyone listening to this podcast, in some respects, I want to give you a glimpse into this group chat, but at the same time, I really don't. Because... No, no, don't, don't. Like Mate, this, this, this. Never, this, no. never screenshot a group chat. That is like absolute, like, that's, that shit's sacred, man. I remember one, I screenshotted something funny we put in there, and then everyone was questioning our nicknames in the Facebook group chat. Like everyone was like, why is Josh called? Yeah, those, those, those nicknames without context are fucking awful, actually. Yeah. 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 Again, context. Like context <laughs> is a big thing. Like if we, if we need we it for mental health, it. we also need it for group chats. <laughs> because that thing I said about Josh, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> on the surface, it looks like something and it's not. That's what it's like when we just get a message from Rich that says, this is funny, but I am definitely going to hell. And then we just get an image. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, like, it's usually quite funny though right <laughs> yeah and then Sam posts the like it's like the big the sip of the unsee juice <laughs> meme I love that meme so much it has so many uses I have that favourited on my phone ever since you posted that <laughs> god please oh, well, the pod has descended it descended it went off on a tangent <laughs> I think it's. I think this is a good time place to call it a day. It is. Thus, it, is. Thus it reaches its conclusion. It's run its natural this podcast, course. This podcast was serious enough for an hour, and that's all it needed to be. Ben also left fifteen minutes ago, and no one noticed. So, <laughs> well, so a little bit of humour in there as well. You know, I think we've we've uh, ticked all the boxes today. Sam turned up. Sam turned up. I did. I turned up, and I was the first person. To, I was literally. I've. I had the link open before Josh even started the room. I was with a client. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, okay, can Sam, I just say in advance, for next week's episode, I am in Dubai. So can I get at least four days in advance warning? Cause yeah, because you'll I'm, be, what, three hours ahead? I oh, good I'm, point, yeah. Probably, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. Three hours ahead. Morning. So enjoy that. 
Uh, treat yourself to a Nando, Sammy. Burn it. He's probably got one on the way right now. I actually no. I had one last <laughs> night. No. I had one last night. <laughs> is it anywhere better than Nando's? I mean, I'm not saying Nando's is bad, but like, there are the options around you. There are loads. There are loads. It's just Nando's is very convenient. It's safe and convenient. You know what you're fucking doing. Yeah, you just, you just know what you're doing, don't you? So it's. You can see those macros in my fitness pal. No bother. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Well, you fly chicken in your Perry chips. Enjoy our um, enjoy that. <laughs> All right, pleasure as so always. Speak to mental us. health and Nando's. Mental health and Nando's. <laughs> For like the thirty seconds at the end. Fuck. Mental health. Marriott appears. <laughs> and a wild Marriott appears. <laughs> this episode, it's just going to be Nando's. everyone ripping into me because I'm in Dubai. Yeah. Hashtag oh, online yes. code. Wank. I'm actually just going to mute you. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy trying to find somewhere you haven't got fucking glare, and you can actually see your screen. Is your Wi-Fi actually going to be good when you go? Actually, you're actually going to have decent Wi-Fi. Internet is dog yeah. shit in Dubai. Yeah. Dog shit. Yeah, this is not going to be great. I mean, the worst thing is, I, I will definitely be in the hotel room as well because I'm not. I'm not being funny. It's 38 degrees every day next week. I'm not fucking leaving that room in the middle of the day. Yeah, I was going to say. Like... Yeah, early doors or like late evening. Otherwise, late evening, yeah. Well, at least we know oh. we've got a time frame where he know, yeah, we know time, he's going to be indoors. Actually, that's, that's not yeah. worse than it will. <laughs> it'll be it'll be the most consistent Sam has ever been on the podcast because he literally can't go anywhere and do anything. <laughs> That's true. I like that. That's very true. Love it. Well, right, we'll wonderful. have to think of an apt topic to discuss next week for your online wankerism. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least half of the conversation next week is going to be taken up by online coach douchebags that make too much money, work from anywhere in the world, tell people to work harder. And it's going to be me sat in Dubai doing all of that. Just soaking all up all of the impact. Tell everyone to work harder while they give their clients the same program on my PC hub. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly. Just hustle, guys. The same way I do. By copying and pasting. Control C, control V. It's hard. It takes time. It the worst thing is, the absolute worst thing is, is next week, I'm actually going to look like the biggest online coach wanker in the world because I'm in Dubai when Dubai is still technically on the red list. And I've got to come home through Portugal to avoid quarantine. Like I don't think that that will be peak, peak wankerism of online coaching. You just wanted to drop that in there. No, it's just I'm pre-warning so I can give an actual reason as to why I'm there. Yeah, and then you'll then you'll just mix at the airport anyway with all the people who've come back from all different zones. Literally, yeah, literally. literally. Yeah. Imagine yeah, I'm going to be stood next to someone who's got to pay 1,750 quid to go into a hotel room for 10 days and then there's me going straight back home. No dramas whatsoever. Don't make You just cough really loudly in the middle of the room. I mean, I've had both my jabs now, so technically I am invincible. So that's the way I'm seeing it. The man's safe. Well, on that bombshell. On that bombshell. We will see you next week. Well, maybe episode, next month. Guys. We never know. Who knows? Who knows? Find out next time. <laughs> Find out next time on the Jim's Watts podcast. Yeah, I like suspense. Leave, leave the listener wanting more. I like it. <laughs> right. <laughs>